Does hosting a dinner party for 12 sound intimidating to you? Would you want to serve your guests plated dinners or have them serve themselves with a buffet? Today, we are discussing the differences and going deep on how to plan for a buffet-style dinner. Hello, and welcome to the 61st episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast, where we find joy in entertaining without all of the stress. I'm your host, Christy Lalonde, and today I'm answering a great question from one of my listeners, Lydia S. from Summit, New Jersey. She wrote, could you do an episode on managing the logistics of a party for 10 to 12 people? In the past, when we've had parties, my husband and I are always running around serving people so we don't have enough time to have real conversations. I'd like some tips on letting guests self-serve at large dinner parties. In particular, my questions are, one, for cocktails, how and where to set up a bar and hors d'oeuvres so guests can help themselves. And two, for dinner, could you talk about logistics for serving everyone the same thing versus setting up a buffet table? How can I prevent the food from getting cold when it's a buffet? Thank you. So first of all, let me just tell you how happy it makes me when a listener asks a question. Because if one person has a question, that means there are a whole lot of other listeners also wondering the exact same thing. And I love being able to create an episode that speaks exactly to what you want to know. So please keep sending those questions. I love, love, love to hear from you all. I just want to start off with the fact that a dinner party for 10 to 12 people that is seated and plated is not the type of party to start out with if you are a beginner. From her message, it is clear that Lydia and her husband are not new to entertaining. They have been successfully hosting seated dinner parties where they plate the food and serve it to their guests for quite a while now. This is not an easy task. I can definitely see how she and her husband felt like they didn't have time to visit with their guests as much as they would like. While it's certainly doable, I just personally wouldn't take on this type of party without hired help. My first thought was this is the perfect time to hire someone from Party Host Helpers, which is funny because Renee, the CEO of Party Host Helpers, is also from New Jersey, the same place Lydia S. is from. But they have locations all over the country for party host helpers. But I just thought that was a coincidence. So hats off to Lydia and her husband for being able to accomplish this without any help. Because it really is a lot once you get up to numbers like 10 to 12 people. So let's answer her question. And her first question was about cocktails and where to set up a bar and orders so that guests can help themselves. And this question is highly dependent upon the layout and the flow of your home or the place where you're entertaining. I really like the idea of having people in different areas of the home throughout the night to keep it interesting. It just gives a nice flow to the evening. So I think it's fun to have hors d'oeuvres in one room, like a living room, a formal living room or the family room, and then maybe have this dinner in the dining room. And then maybe with for dessert, serve them in another sitting area. I just think it it helps break up the flow of the evening. But to answer this question, it also depends upon if you are the type of person that wants people in their kitchen or not while you are preparing the food. Just 
Keep in mind where you put the appetizers are where everyone is going to gather. Lots of people are very comfortable with company in the kitchen and they may want to serve the appetizers right on the island in their kitchen. I, however, do not happen to be one of those people. I am easily distracted. So for me, it's best to keep people out of the kitchen while I'm preparing the food. So if I have a good-sized group of people, ideally, I'm going to serve the appetizers on a coffee table or sitting area outside of the kitchen. And if you want your guests to be able to self-serve, it's important to have everything in one place that they will need so they won't need help to find something. So ahead of the party, make a list and find everything that you will need for the appetizers that you're serving and check them off your list as you set it up. So make a list of everything that you will need for the appetizers you are serving and check each item off your list as you set it aside while you're preparing for the party. For example, if you're serving brie with brown sugar and candy nuts, you will need dishes that you are serving the appetizer in, so a serving plate for the brie, and if you need a separate plate for the crackers or basket and fruit that you're serving with. You'll also need a serving utensil like a cheese spreader for people to use when they take a portion of the brie, but you also need all the items that the guests will use themselves. So I have a gold little caddy that holds a nice stack of appetizer-sized plates that come in so handy for this. You'll need some cocktail napkins on the table and any personal utensils that they would need to eat the appetizer. With Brie, some people just use crackers, but I would put out forks as well. The idea is to think of everything your guests might need and to have it readily available for them in one place. It's always a nice touch to have a bit of decoration in this area as well. A small bouquet of flowers or a little something that goes along with the theme of the night will go a long way in setting the tone for the evening. Now the rules for the bar go the same way, except you need to keep in mind the location of the bar in mind for the entire evening and not just where you'll be serving appetizers. It's super helpful if it's an essential location or if you have a bar cart, you can move it where it's most convenient at that moment. It could be in the living room while you're serving appetizers on the coffee table and later be moved to the dining room for dinner. You want to keep in mind that When your guests arrive and they put up their coats and belongings, the bar is usually the first place they'll want to go. It's a nice gesture for the host to make the guests first drink for them and let them know that they should feel free to help themselves the rest of the night. I'm not going to go into a long list of what you need to set up a bar as that would be a podcast episode all in itself. But if setting up a bar is a topic that you would like to hear about on the podcast, please, please let me know. I'd be happy to do an episode on that. So just let me know over on Instagram. And if I hear from you all, I will make one. The second part of her question was, could you discuss the logistics of serving everyone the same plated meal versus setting up a buffet? I find this topic very interesting because I feel like the popularity of styles may vary from region to region. For example, I know that seated, plated table service is very popular for weddings in northern states. But in the south, the southern states on the east coast, you're going to find more buffet or food stations for weddings. To be honest, I have no idea what is popular on the west coast. So I'd love to hear from all of you on the west coast and let me know what you see most often at weddings. 
So where I live in Kentucky, a dinner party is almost always a buffet if it's held in someone's home or unless it's a formal event and involves some sort of professional help, like a caterer is involved and they bring servers. But it's doable. It's just quite a bit of work on the host to serve everyone. A buffet might be a little more prep work in advance, but not very much. So let's talk about the differences. A plated dinner, you don't need to be concerned about serving pieces or presentation of what you cook your food in. A buffet needs a little more time planning in advance. You need to think about the questions, where will you set up the buffet? Do you want to serve the food on the kitchen island or the counter or on a sideboard in the dining room? What serving pieces and utensils will you use? Are you going to have the table set with everything on the table? Or do you plan on putting plates and silverware on the buffet? Do you want any decorations on the buffet table? And like Lydia asked, how do you keep the food warm? You have to think about each of these questions and make a plan and problem solve any potential issues in advance. The good news is that this isn't the age of Downton Abbey or the Gilded Age, and there are very few rules that we need to follow on how to do these things. Where and how you set up the buffet are your personal preferences and depend upon the formality of the event or even how your home is laid out. For a more formal gathering where you will be eating in the dining room, you may want the food served on a sideboard or a buffet in the dining room as well. Some people don't even have a dining room. So the kitchen island is an obvious choice for serving the food. The layout of your house, the formality of the event, and your circumstances will dictate these choices that you make. So I'll just walk through the process with my own circumstances and preferences. In my current house, the only place to fit 10 to 12 people is in my dining room. So formal or not, that's where we're going to sit neat if weather doesn't permit for us to be outside. I personally love setting a pretty table. So I like to have the table completely set with plates, silverware, and all. So before people sit down to the table, I want the water glasses to be filled, bread and butter on the table to pass, and if it's a more formal feel, I might have the salad plated for them already on the table. And once it's time for the main course, then everybody can take their plate over to the buffet and serve themselves and then sit back down to the table. So that's really kind of a hybrid of the two styles. And as long as your guests feel well cared for, you get to do what you want and what makes sense in your house and what's appropriate for the occasion. Now, to answer Lydia's last question about how to keep the food warm, there are a lot of options for this, but before we start going in detail about them, the place to really start is when you're planning your menu. When you're making your choices for your menu, just like I choose dishes that need very little last-minute preparation so that I'm not overwhelmed while my guests are present, I also want to keep in mind the limitations of my oven and how it will be easy to keep the food warm. So if you have one small oven, you don't want to make it difficult on yourself and select an entree that needs to be cooked in the oven right alongside with three side dishes that need to be cooked in the oven. And of course, you're going to have to warm the bread too. So limiting the items that need to be piping hot will make this much simpler. And if you choose the right serveware, it's also much simpler. I have pretty white ovenware that can go straight from the oven to a buffet table. 
And it stays plenty hot for the length of time for a simple dinner because it's cooked in the serveware. So it's really hot and it keeps the food warm. And since they are white and neutral, of course, they go with everything. Now, there's also silver buffet stands that hold glass Pyrex dishes that you can use. It's the same concept. You cook your dish in that glass Pyrex dish, so it stays hot for enough time for dinner, for sure. And if you need a less formal look, then there are also beautiful rattan pieces available now that I just love, that you take your everyday Pyrex dish and just fit it down in there so it looks nice. Now, if you want something that will keep the food hot for much longer, there are many options for chafing dishes from very casual to very formal. And I made a podcast titled How to Keep Food Warm for Thanksgiving Dinner. It was actually episode number two, but it goes in detail about different types of chafing dishes and all the appliances that will keep food warm for you. So I'll link that in the show notes if you want to learn more about that. But Keeping food hot for a dinner party for 10 to 12 is way easier than all the things you need to keep all the dishes for Thanksgiving hot. Now that you've heard all there is to consider and think about for a buffet, you might be thinking it's just easier to plate all the guests' food during the party. And maybe for you, that would be a great choice. But for me, it's just a trade-off of a little more effort in advance so that I can enjoy the party as well. And isn't that why we're doing this? To make memories and connections with our friends? Now, did I forget anything? Is there anything else I need to consider for a buffet-style dinner? Let me know over on Instagram. And thank you, thank you, thank you to Lydia S. from Summit, New Jersey for submitting this such a good question. I look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.